Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 13th episode of Talk Local. Today I was joined in studio with Caitlin Rather of uh, Green is Good by Kate on a, a restaurant that is all organic um, on the square. If you're not familiar with her restaurant, uh, it is pretty diverse. It has uh, a lot of options for um, dietary restrictions. It also is a kind of a convenient um, location for, I guess, transportation. Um, but more importantly, it kind of gives you, it kind of prepackages a lot of meals that you're able to kind of take out of there and, and kind of grab and go. Um, but she also does a great job. She has an awesome exposure rate on, um, on all across her social media platforms. So um, I usually try to bounce some ideas off of her and kind of gather what she's going from that. And she does a great job of um, pre-planning and pre-packaging meals for people. So I was something uh, we've been in the works for of having her on for a couple months now. She's been a, uh, a proprietor of what we've been doing since the beginning. So it was really exciting to have her. And so uh, thank her especially for coming on. And uh, here is my interview with Caitlin Rather. So I don't know if you, do you have any experience doing Facebook Live? No. No. It's um it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and that that's including like I don't know taking taking trying to test out of my math class in college. <laughs> like it's just uh, I'm not I'm not really good at speaking in front of a camera, and so anytime this kind of happens and it's like kind of thrown off, it's a it's a trial and error period. I know you said that it was something similar to that when it came to uh, that's why you like wanted you wanted to do this podcast to get you out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's definitely different than what I'm used to, but I have that half open kitchen at the restaurant, so I kind of have to perform, but not really perform like for people every day, which has gotten me out of my comfort zone too, because constantly talking to people. So now this isn't as scary as what I used to think it was. What do you what do you what do you think about like when you say performing? What do you mean like just because it's like you got the openness to the public and you're kind of always have to be at. Yeah, like I just have to, I mean, I work extremely clean and it's very important, like the cleanliness of my kitchen, but just, you know, making sure, I mean, just being neat and having everything tidy and lined up and, you know, I like to prep during the day because a lot of people like to see what I'm doing. And I mean, it's more efficient for me to do it during the day anyways, but, you know, gives it an extra, you know... People enjoy it more because they're like, oh, she's making that wrap that I'm eating right now. Or they can see like the actual ingredients and like the different colors and everything and how I assemble it myself. So they like, the customers love to see me working back there. And that's crazy. And so for people who are just kind of jumping in, you own Greens Good by Kate. Yes. Which I, when we were doing, when we were working earlier, I started uh, together. I was starting to kind of try to summarize it myself. So I'm just going to just go for it. Okay. And I would say it's probably like a, um, it's like a, like a organic restaurant made to be convenient. Yes. Like a grab and go yes. healthy restaurant. Right. And yeah. so when something like that happens, especially in a place like Crown Point, where Crown Point's a little bit behind when it comes to the modernity of like culinary, right? Yeah. And so we've got places like yourself and we've got places like Provecho that are kind of going up to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, what kind of starts that vision? What makes you want to do it there in particular? So do it in this area? Yeah, or, yeah, um, like Crown Point. Well, I mean, I'm from Crown Point, so I've always uh, loved being home. I've lived in different places of the United States. Uh, I went to culinary school in New York. Um, I worked in Chicago for Rick Bayless. 
and all those places had places like mine uh, there. And I used to be a vegetarian for eight years, and when I moved home from culinary school, there still was nothing for me to eat. And it was really difficult to where I wouldn't even be eating because I'd be always running around and doing errands and for me not to be able to get something it was just not like worth eating fast food because it just didn't even make me feel good so right. um, I wanted to bring something to this area and show them that you can still eat healthy things and locally sourced and where you actually taste the ingredients and it still can be healthy and quick and that's like the main point of what we do um, we do do have different dietary restriction things. We uh, do a lot of gluten-free stuff, uh, dairy-free, vegan, vegetarian st options. So there's something for everyone. So all those people with different dietary restrictions can come to one place and enjoy food together and not mm -hmm. have to worry about, is there going to be something for this person? Is there going to be something for this person? Because that's what I've dealt with in the past, um, just like celebrating you know, something special and, you know, there's never, there never was anything for me that I could eat or it was always just like a salad and baked potato type thing. Sure. Um, so it's to highlight the different ingredients and even also just have the togetherness of enjoying the food because that's what, you know, eating is, is to enjoy the company with the other person. And when you have good food and good company, that's the best combination. Well, you said a lot there. And so I can relate with, especially when it comes to understanding what how to like eat because eating out and being like, um, I guess healthy conscience is such a tough thing to do. And so I think having that, um, I, that replacement and that substitute, that something is healthy and most of the options are healthy, even if you are into meat is awesome. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Um, and then being able to kind of just figure out the community side of things is really cool and a good way to think about it. But I think you're kind of underselling yourself because if you gave me the amount of ingredients that you make one of your wraps in, I would have no idea what the, how to put all that together, <laughs> you know? So there is an art to it and you went to school for it and um, you definitely think out, think through it. Anybody who's following you on your social media platforms know that like you're changing up the menu, right? And yeah. that, while there's some things that are like from the convenience side are staying the same, um, how do you dictate that menu? And is it because of what kind of um, perishables are available at that time period? Or is it just basically about what the, what the customers are saying that you're trying and they're liking? Um, I try to look, base it off, like, originally from what's available because, obviously, seasonality of vegetables and fruit and uh, produce in this area is important because you get the best flavor when it's in season. Um, you eat something, you eat a tomato now, it tastes totally different than you eat a tomato in the summer. Sure. Like, it's insane. I don't eat tomatoes I only eat tomatoes in the summertime, and I'm not a huge tomato person, but when it's summertime, I crave tomatoes. Really? So your palate changes per the season? I guess you could say that, because I know I have the expectation of what a tomato should taste like, so I kind of just don't, I guess you could say, sometimes I can be a snob in that way. You're a tomato like, snob. <laughs> tomato snob. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I know how it's supposed to taste, and that's how some people say there's not a difference between, like, organic and not like conventional produce, but there's maybe some things you can't tell, but there are a lot of like fruits, especially that you can taste the difference between an organic and a conventional, like especially apples. That's like, I'm not a big apple fan, but I can definitely taste the difference. And even like berries, there's just the robust like flavor you get from 
uh, each fruit is insane compared to like what a conventional one is. So damn, you know what we should have done now that with that with that kind of conversation. Us, like, yeah, wine taste us. we should have done the Pepsi challenge on like yeah. four different vegetables. <laughs> that would have been incredible. Maybe next time. Maybe I did next that. Time. I did that with um, I work with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Chicago. Uh, my friend, she runs their after school programs here in Northwest Indiana. So I've done a couple after school programs. I'm actually doing one next Thursday. And Oh really? Uh, so that soon? Yeah. And you've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah, this is the third one I'm gonna do. The first one I did, they came to the actual restaurant and we made our own pizzas. We talked about organic produce. That's cool. And you know, they you know, flattened the dough out and did you know, it was super fun, and they loved it. And then the second time, it was... Because pizza's not very easy to make. No. I mean, it's a process. Yeah. I mean, it's not ribs. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it's a thing. It's, it's more complicated because you want it to taste good, and, you know, definitely I had different vegetables and everything that highlighted, um, you know, because I was saying these are fresh vegetables I just cut up, and I made the sauce from scratch, I made the dough from scratch, and, you know, I don't have a pizza oven or anything at the restaurant, but it still was awesome pizza, so. Really? <laughs> yeah, and they loved it. So how do you make the dough when it comes to that much, like, that many people? Because that's, that's kind of, like, the hardest part, right? Is that? Um, yeah, I made, like, 20 different, uh, or 20 dough, pizza dough, like, individual ones, so they weren't, like, huge, but, um, I mean... For me, it's not that difficult. I know, I guess, like, I'm like, it's, it's easy, but I'm used to, like, cooking like that, so. Because gotcha. for us, it's like, we got a bread machine, yeah. and we wait for that for an hour yeah. to pop out one, and then, like, you know, every I screw up every every single recipe my, my wife gives me, so. Yeah. Eventually, she's like, just poke holes with it in a fork, and then throw this, and then, like, all of a sudden, I'm, like, going OCD on it, trying yeah. to make sure all the holes are in there. So, for me, it's a process, but yeah. I'm sure for people like you, it's well, not. Well, pizza dough, it, you know... You have to be particular, like how you make it, but it really is pretty simple. The one I made, it's just water and yeast and flour, and that was, and there's oil, and that's it. And it's if you have good quality ingredients with that, you can make it really good pizza dough. Damn right. <laughs> Speaking of yeast, if if anybody was watching on the live, I just poured that Crown Brewing Killam Ale. So cheers on that. Cheers. It's double IPA. I don't know. I, have it. I don't think I've had it yet. I haven't either. It smells good. But and that, that's a lot of yeast. You ever brew beer before? Um, no. I have like, you know, one of those brewing kits in my uh, kitchen that I've had. No for, way. Like, you got one? Like, I mean, it was like a small one. Like, you know, one of those. I got it for Christmas one time. I was like, I want this. And it's. I was reading the directions. I'm like, but this is really complicated. I really have to have a lot of time to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And so it's still yeah. sitting in my kitchen in the Damn. box. Damn. So. We should brew together. Yeah, let's do it. That would be awesome. It's like I love the process, and I've got enough gear that can make it a little bit faster, so it's not yeah. eight hours anymore. And, like, I am, you know, not experienced in it, so it would definitely probably take me. Like you said, you when you cook, it's like oh, oh, I can't it takes do you it. forever or whatever, and it would be the same way as me brewing beer. So I just need to do it with someone that – knows how to do it and i'll probably catch on quick sure sure <laughs> so uh, going back a little bit to the, like the the cooking stuff right and like um from the creative side do you see a creative side of it do you see yourself like expressing yourself when it comes to the food i do i uh have always you know i know wraps and sandwiches are kind of simplistic and you know people think it's kind of like easy but i've always been a huge sandwich fan like no matter what, since I've been little, I love sandwiches. I think you can make 
an awesome sandwich out of all different ingredients. And yep. I always loved compiling different things. Like since I was younger, I uh, when I we would go out to eat or something, I'd get a sandwich. I'd take it apart and reassemble it how I would like it. My friends would laugh at me because they'd be like, Caleb's not even going to start eating until like, we're halfway through all our food because she has to like, reassemble her sandwich and everything. Unbelievable. So, I never even thought to do that. Because I want to have like every flavor profile at the same time. Because, you know, well, sometimes you'll go to places and they just throw it together and it's not like this ingredient's all the way on this side and it's yeah. not even on the other. And so I care too much about what I'm eating and I want to have the flavors. And you so want it in every bite. Yeah. In every bite. I get you. Yeah, and sure. you got to savor that last bite. you got to plan the last bite. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for definitely. sure. Especially with pizza. I do the same thing with oh, that yeah. too. Yeah. So I've always, uh, I think... Even though the menu seems kind of simple, but I try to highlight, uh, like using uh, the vegetables and stuff, I highlight what's inside of there and try to get their most flavor to show through. And that's why I think using um, like the meat that I use from Gunthorpe Farms, it's a local farm in Indiana. It's a family owned farm. Uh, the quality of meat that I get from there, I think it that's so important on the flavor aspect of the wraps and sandwiches and stuff. So. I have a thought process of, you know, the turkey, thankful turkey wrap that I have on the menu. It's the roasted turkey breast, and it has dried cranberries, spinach, smoked gouda, and then mm. a cranberry orange aioli that I make. Um, and I actually make, like, for the aioli, it's, like, actually a cranberry sauce that I make, and then, like, fresh orange juice in it, and, like, Jeez. fresh squeezed oranges. And so... And the smoked gouda, I think, is a really nice, because there's, like, sweet profile. Obviously, I was influenced by Thanksgiving. That's why it's the thankful turkey, because cranberries and turkey together. That's where I got that from. Sure. But the smoked gouda is my favorite part of that to have, because it has, it almost is like bacon. So it gives you that smoky, savory oh, taste yeah. that cuts that sweetness. So that's my whole thought process on when I, like, came up with that wrap, and... That's why I like to keep it how they are, like everything in the wraps. That's why they're prepackaged, ready to go. I do, if you have certain dietary restrictions or you just don't want to eat it because you hate that ingredient, I will like make you a wrap to order to change it up. Oh, but no way. I like the having them already made because each ingredient is selected specifically for that reason and to complement each other. So... That's why I always have them already done. It's funny because from this conversation, it makes me feel like at, at Thanksgiving, you're scouting plates <laughs> and you're like thinking about exactly how to partner the stuffing with the cranberries to the turkey yeah. and just trying to put that into a rabbit and make it absolutely delicious. Yeah. That's awesome. I, the one thing that's weird about sandwiches in particular is it always tastes better when someone else makes it. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Or is I mean, that just me? Technically, no, because I would say I always redo someone's sandwich that makes it for <laughs> <Yeah>. me. But <laughs> after what you said, yes. But you know, it's yeah. I think I understand what you're saying. Yes, because I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean, like I said, even though it's just a sandwich, it's still like a thought process of the layers and to make it not just a regular sandwich. Like if you make it, step it up a notch. That's when it's. Usually someone always steps it up a notch for you. So Sure. I, I t It's fun. It was, I was kind of really looking forward to having you on. And I know we had a couple of kind of delays um, with it because of just timing. I know our schedules are just both crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things that's like I've got a chance to spend a lot of time with you too in some mm -hmm. ways, you know, whether it was the farmer's market in St. John or going to your, your restaurant at 8 yeah. o'clock in the morning yeah. at 7.30, <laughs> whatever that was, to film. 
Um, and I've been in there at lunchtime and stuff. And I think one of the things that's really interesting from an observer is how much uh, how much you like focus on the backside of the food. So you go to the farms and you go, you, you know, mm-hmm. you're like you're re- you have a real relationship with these farmers. And the other thing is, is I feel like the, the you have a real intentive clientele. Like the, every time I go in there, they're asking a million questions about the food. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. which isn't a bad thing. No, which no, is no. like a good conversation it's awesome to that have. They care about their food to ask about it. That's awesome. Yeah, because no one does. You're yeah. not going to McDonald's and like having like a conversation yeah. about the cheeseburger. <laughs> you know, and like what kind of onion it came from and yeah. where it is, and so like the perishable side of it. But it's just really fascinating to see that. And so to, I think that's one of the reasons why having these kind of establishments from a cultural side is a really positive thing. Is because you you are shifting the philosophy and the perspective of how we consume food. Yeah. I I love talking to people and sharing and making them more educated on certain things and that they know where their stuff comes from. Um, I've talked to so many people, like you said, there's I'm, people are always asking me stuff, talking to me. I have so many regulars, and I enjoy seeing so many of like my customers come back. And, you know, a lot of them are like, I'll say this because they get the same thing and they're like, how do you remember? It's just, I mean, I pay attention to every single thing, even if it's not really making the food, even it's, you know, taking care of my customers because everyone's important and yeah. I want them to get what they want and enjoy what they want. And that's why I make the wraps that I do, the food that I do, and that I make sure that they're getting like what they want. I mean, every, I sometimes will get a chance to go back in my office. Not that I want to, I have to do paperwork, <laughs> but I'll be back there for like five or ten minutes and someone will come in and they're like, where's Kate? Kate's not here. And then, I mean, then someone comes gets me and then they talk to me and they want to ask me more questions. And I don't mind doing that at all because I think it's awesome that everyone wants to know what and where their stuff's coming from. Heck yeah. And being a small business owner, you get that kind of intimacy. Mm-hmm. That's you what know? people are just like would always ask me before I had my restaurant, like, do you want a big restaurant and stuff? And I said, no, I'd rather have like a small restaurant because I can be, know my customers, know what they want. Like, know even things about their life. I know if someone like went out of town, they'll tell me about it. There's just special things that happen. And it's, this has happened more recently. Um, there's a lady that comes in and she gets soup all the time. And uh, my lemon chicken orzo soup, it's one I have all the time. Um, I make the stock from scratch. I, like, roast the chickens whole. See, and then this I, is why your schedule's crazy. Yeah. You take, you're, you're so attentive to every single yeah. thing on the menu. I roast the chickens whole. I make the stock. It's on there for at least, like, four hours, and that's the base for my soup. And she comes in, and she got soup all the time. And I was like, you know, you can buy that by the court. And she's like, oh, my gosh, like, that'd be awesome. Can I have a court? And then... Kind of find out she told us later on she's like my mom's going through chemo and this is the only thing she'll eat she loves your soup it's the only thing she'll eat she won't eat anything else she's like it makes her so happy she tells everyone about it and just little things like that like <sighs> have the biggest impact and make me be like this is why i do this like this is awesome just that one person can like change everything and i'm so happy that i can bring at least just one person back like you know heck yeah so it's super cool like i've had a couple of things happen like that with people have talked to me about my food and stuff and that's why i do it like it's not for you know making money or it's just business it's something i've always wanted to do which it is something i've always wanted to do but that's the most rewarding thing is 
things like that. Oh, that hand to hand combat. Yeah. That, 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 like, you know, that emotional attachment to it is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I know that's one of the things that we're really looking for. I mean, I try to do with like this stuff in particular, and so I, I definitely get it. It's kind of the passion behind it. It's the secret sauce. Yeah. You know, when you can get it. And so when you're like caring that much, it's insane. And like you, you were talking about earlier, I know we stepped down a little bit when it comes to the pouring the beers and the pizza conversation, but um, I know you do a lot of like that nonprofit stuff for that work as well and volunteer your time, which is like awesome. And for people who don't know, you're literally working 12 hours a day. At least, At, the, yeah. at very least. At least, yeah. And it's starting early. Yeah. <laughs> I start, I like, the latest I like to get there is 7.45 a.m. every day. And I close at 7 p.m. So, and some days I have to get there earlier for deliveries. Some days I can go in a little later, like, you know, if I have to go to the bank that morning, I have to wait till the bank opens. So. <laughs> because I can't go into the restaurant and turn all my ovens on and everything and then leave like 10 minutes later. Yeah. Just safety wise. But <laughs> have, you, um, have you found the deliveries and like that kind of um, outpouring from the vendors? Is that getting easier with like the, the growth of the industry? Um, I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff is accessible um, easily. Um, it just makes it, you know, maybe a little more complicated when you want to use local stuff. Like, you can get a lot of things easily, but you don't have as, like, you know, like you said, a hand on everything. Like, you don't, you can't go and be like, this is where this comes from. This is where this, uh, you know, this lettuce that I'm using, this is where this comes from. Like, I have, I work with Lane's End Farm and Wool, and they're an all-organic farm. We mm -hmm. went to the farmer's market. And yeah, they were really cool. Everything. Yeah. So before I even talked to, well, before I even had them as uh, like a supplier for a lot of my produce in the summertime, I was like, hey, can I check out the farm? And I went to the farm and they were packaging all their produce up for another farmer's market. I talked to both the farmers, hung out, and we were, it was just awesome. I felt instantly like it was like a family atmosphere and they deeply care about what they're doing as much as like I care about what I'm doing and that when you have those two combined like you can make awesome stuff together so. heck yeah heck yeah how long is how long has green is good been there at this point like doors open um March 15th I think it'll be a year no way yeah so, so in a month it'll be like a year almost like a month a that's day, crazy a so let me ask you this because this is where we had this conversation <laughs> today at what point do you stop feeling like a startup <laughs> or have you yet felt felt that way? Like when you? No, a, I just, every day I when I unlock the back door and I walk in, I'm just like, "What? This is mine!" Like <laughs> I still can't like get over it. Like I'm like, I still am like, it doesn't feel like, like yeah, as the day goes on, but still every time I like, or I'll be there at night in my office like doing stuff, and then like I'm closing up, or like when I'm closing up, it's always when I'm opening up or closing up that I'm like. Especially when I'm closing up, I'll like look back and make sure everything's turned off, and then I'll be like, "I can't, I still can't get over this. Like, this is my like, that's what? crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't think it, I think it's still for a while. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like a weird. You understand? Like, it's sure. Like, like, I from don't... where you started, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like, and but what? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And we've been we've been around now. So we started November first, and so it's been um, about about three and a half months. Of going hard, yeah. you know, and it's been a lot of wins. It's been a lot of a lot of some small losses, mm -hmm. you know. It's just been a really like you always feel like you're growing and you're re you're like yeah. reestablishing the new norms, yeah, you know. And so we were talking today, and I'm like, well, maybe it might be a year where you can stop calling yourself a startup, but I don't even know if that's the case. Yeah, I think it's longer than that. It has to because, like you said, you know, you will like 
you're constantly trying to improve yourself and make yourself better. So you're always growing and growing and growing. So it's not, it's still starting something new every single <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So it's not ever finished. And, but I think that's important. That's why you'll succeed. I'm going to succeed because we constantly want to grow and make ourselves better and bring more to the people. And that's what's important. And that's what's going to, you know, drive us. Do you ever, do you ever find yourself, um, thinking about it like the entire, like so 24 hours a day? Is it like, is that, that I think that's the sickness, right? Is that oh, like while well, yeah. you're physically in the office for 12 hours, 14 hours, you, you never turns it off. It's like oh. you're just sleepless nights where you're thinking about it. Definitely. You like wake <laughs> up and you're like, oh my. You don't even have an alarm clock because <laughs> responsibility oh, yeah, is what's keeping you, like wakes you up, you yeah. know? I mean, last night, um, I worked, well, Monday, I, what, I know it was yesterday's. Yesterday is Tuesday. I'm like, I don't even know what day it is. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I think today is Wednesday. I think uh, you're Monday, right. well, I worked at, I worked with Provecho this past weekend for their uh, tasting thing. So I was there like all weekend. Well, I saw a picture of you and Chris and you guys yeah. are college friends and you guys grew up together, right? Yeah, we went to high school together, but we weren't really friends. Like we didn't really, we're two years apart. So I'm actually the same age as Nick. Okay. Uh, Nick and I were friends in high school. Awesome. Um, and then Nick and I... We all went to Purdue together, and Nick and I actually hung out more at Purdue than Chris and I. Chris and I were in the same uh, major together, so we sometimes had overlapping classes, and we knew each of both, both from, like, Crown Point. But when I was at Purdue my senior year, I ran a satellite location, like, cafe on campus next to one of the fountains. So it was, like, we had, like, a six-foot grill, and I, like, staffed all like with students and I uh, did all the inventory like scheduling while I'm taking my se last senior class yeah, like, yeah. I was like uh, do I have to go to class I want to just stay out here I played Bob Marley the whole entire like nice. reggae Bob Marley just blasting it on campus and Chris worked for me actually and that's when we started becoming like better friends um, so it was like super cool and I went to Culinary Institute of America in New York and then he was two years behind me so when I finished or it happened like where we both weren't there at the same time but like when I was on internship he started at the CIA and then when I came back from internship he was on internship so we never were there like really the same time or maybe only for like two months and then I went unbelievable home, and then he came home and then you know, how do you guys have the exact same education without ever really running into each other <laughs> I know, it's outside, crazy. outside of like outside of like a little small shop that you guys were like you know managing and it's that's funny and almost like looking back at it because how long ago was that at this point um i graduated from cia in 2012 cia so. is a great acronym by the way yeah. for, for culinary <laughs> school um, but it's almost like Muppet Babies, and now you guys are all grown up, yeah. <laughs> and you guys all got your own restaurants. Uh, it's great. I mean, what are the what are the odds? I would like to see what the it's like the Mickey Mouse Club with like Justin yeah. Timberlake and Ryan Gosling <laughs> and those guys. I wonder what the other like the other guys that and girls that were working there were doing. Do they own their restaurants too? Uh, from CIA? No, from or... the uh, the shop, the Purdue shop. Um, I'm not sure. I actually don't really keep in contact with them at all anymore. Oh, uh, just Chris. I mean, I think on Facebook I'm friends with them, so I could, like, look them up. Check them out. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, Chris and I, it's – and even, like, you know, us being home and, like, doing the restaurant stuff, I was opening mine. And that's kind of when we, like, reconnected, like, a lot was when – after I opened my place and then he came in and then we'd, like, talk and be like, hey, like, why don't you, like, 
we'll like hang out and then we talk about like you know food stuff because he just mm-hmm. he went to CIA I went to CIA no matter how much you tell people about CIA or like try to explain stuff they don't understand so like Chris and I have an understanding and we'll talk about old sh- like chef instructors that we have and we know instantly and like the feeling of having 4 a.m. fish class that you have to be there at 4 a.m. and you're slicing up some filleting fish and you know eating raw oysters and clams at 4 a.m. which is not the best time to eat those let me just tell you really? <laughs> yeah really? No. Uh, I did not have a good experience most of us in that. college are eating ramen at 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> frozen pizzas with breadsticks and stuff no you guys were like going into oysters yeah That's and then fun. we have breakfast class at CIA and you have to be you start at 12 a.m. And you have lecture for like two hours until 2 a.m. And then from 2 a.m. until like five something, you like prep for service and then you're open. And that's like where uh, the students get their one of their meal sites can be. So like a lot of the kitchens I know you talked about with Chris, like in uh, their podcast, how you go through like the different uh, courses. You have like cuisines of. Americas, cuisines of Mediterranean, yep. cuisines of Asia. And that's your curriculum, right? So you yeah. jump in class to class. So it's every three weeks you change. But those specific classes are, you feed the, your, like, peers. No way. So that's your food. Like, that's your food hall. So your swipes count for, like, you make the food that has to do with those cuisines. And then you, like, have composed plates. And that's, you don't get to choose what you want when you go get your food. It's just, that's the plate you're serving. This is the menu for this uh, class and you go and you swipe and you get your food so that's what breakfast was breakfast class you serve breakfast to like everybody like poached eggs with hollandaise like i mean we ate really good food, that's awesome. like all the time so it's definitely not like normal college no not at, at all, all. I was say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, do i want the salad or do i want the chili that yeah. was my option <laughs> or pizza for the five yeah. million times let's have the veal cutlet with spatzel and roasted beets and a yeah it's <laughs> so, like that's like <laughs> so it's like hogwarts or like tender beef tenderloin with mashed potatoes and yeah it was insane it that was awesome. is amazing <laughs> so it was that timeline and that schedule about like recreating what the restaurant industry is going to be like because that's late hours like to make to start off class at 12 a.m is insane yeah i mean i think it's just like obviously when we started prep for breakfast class that was like realistic of like when you because bakers when they oh yeah you know, three, go in the two morning, three in the yeah, morning two, right? three in the morning they do that stuff and uh, so I think, yeah, I mean, and then it's just their best way for us to get all the education in fully, and it's it's intense. It's really intense, but it was so worth it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I made awesome friendships with people that I still keep in contact with, more than people that it, in Crown Point. So. Crazy. <laughs> and they're ever California. My, one of my really closest friends from schools from Mexico, she opened her own restaurant in Mexico. My friend, my other good friend, he just opened up a restaurant in Mississippi this, uh, in December. Um, I have my good friend Kathleen uh, in Grand Rapids. I just visited her like two weeks ago, and that's when we went to Founders and different stuff. So, like, we're all still close, like, family. It's Because when you're over there, I didn't know anybody when I went over to CIA, so it was... They become your family. So it's a really cool, close-knit. Well, I can't relate to, like, the food part of it, clearly. But I I can definitely relate to the college experience because I feel like once you kind of get lost into what you're studying, it's like it kind of of becomes magical. Yeah. You know, it's because it's like you really care about everything and, like, the tests are, like, for some reason crazy important and you you want to ace everyone. (laughs) 
you're trying to like be good. Yeah. And in like when it comes to something like that, I can't only explain. I can't can't completely relate, but it then becomes a little bit you know competitive as well. Yeah. Inside of it, so like because of like the ambition, mm-hmm. you know, not because your parents told you to study it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and go to college. Otherwise, you're not going to get a good job. Like this is real college. This is where you're learning the stuff and. The, while you're working late nights, it doesn't feel like late nights. And for me, yeah. it's the library. Like, I, don't, I can go back to that library at PNC right now, and it just feels like a special place. Yeah. I, I'll go back probably once every three years just for that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, damn, have you been back on campus? Um, Not since I graduated, no. No? So, That'll be fun. That'll yeah. be a fun trip. I think you gotta we'll take, probably all have to plan to, like, be there at the same time, you know, go to... You know, Darby's and, you know, <laughs> get a pitcher of beer and wings in. There you go. There. So you had that too. Oh, yeah. It wasn't definitely. just you guys locked in a room and you guys no, were mad no, scientists. Not at all. Do you know room. anything about chefs? No, it's not <laughs> that. No, we were like in the kitchens and then in the bar after. Nice, and then going nice. In the kitchen. Then Damn, like I missed my calling. Three hours later. <laughs> uh, there's mustard on your chef coat. What? <laughs> well, you'd go to the bar and there's bars next to the CIA and... Um, they even had like free shuttles to the campus, to the bars and stuff. So you'd have like safe oh, rides awesome. and stuff, but everyone in the bar would have chef pants on and just like a white t-shirt because they just would take their chef coats off and it's all chefs like in the bar together. Just like, you know, after the 13, 14 hours we've been in class, we're just all just trying just to relax and wind down a little. It's almost like the steel mills, yeah. the steel mills for <laughs> exactly. the students of, for the food of the culinary yeah. school. Um, I, I was going to ask you a hypothetical and then hypothetical is it because of the I, – I asked Chris and Nick this question culinary-wise, and um, I think their answer for the region was that it was kind of non-existent at this point. But if you could make a different restaurant than what you have as Green's Good by Kate right now, and it would be a different type of food, what, what, where would you go with it? Um, well, since there's Provecho already, they yeah. took it from me, but <laughs> – oh, oh. no. I just was really influenced when I worked with uh, Rick Bayless. Like, I found, I always have loved uh, Mexican cuisine and have, like, always gone towards it. But when I worked there, my passion, like, grew so much more. But I used to work at a Thai restaurant, actually, down at Purdue when I uh, lived there. And I would love to maybe do, like, a Asian latin fusion type no thing. way like do a fusion i love what is that asian mean? <laughs> and like latin are like my favorite foods like ever ever yeah <laughs> so i'm with you on both of those yeah. I, I i'm only just trying to figure out what that looks like together well i mean there's a lot of like similar flavor profiles like you know cilantro and lime and you know maybe have more ginger and certain stuff it's just like you know uh there's um Koji Barbecue, it's a chef, he, uh, Roy Choi, he does the Asian Latin fusion. You should look him up. He's really? badass. Like, he came from CIA. No way. And he was the one that started the food truck trend. He was the one that started, so, you know, that uh, movie, uh, I think it was, like, Chef, and how it, like, started, like... Yeah, John Favreau? Yeah. I've so, seen, yeah. it's kind of based on how he started, because, actually, he, like, uh, helped him come up with a story Roy Choi was like you know no way yeah so That's they worked cool. together cool and stuff to uh do the movie but Roy Choi he was the one that blew up like the tweeting of like where his food truck was and that's he's the one that started it all and he has like now he has a couple places but on the west coast he's huge you say Roy Choi like everyone knows who he is like oh, he, that's awesome but he does like Latin and Asian influences and it's 
really awesome. Pad Thai might be my favorite dish ever. Uh, I really like it. I think I, I knew what it is because of the healthiness of it. Yeah. It's like I feel like I can eat it on every meal. That yeah. one, I love the Mexican stuff too. I can eat Mexican food every day. Yeah. I'm a huge uh, Thai curry person. Mm. I love, uh, I don't know, I just like love all Asian stuff. I love. So you'd go Asian Latin fusion? Probably. If I had that's to. An in, yeah. That's an interesting, that's yeah. an interesting flavor. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see that. I mean, maybe you will. Yes. You just have to wait. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, I can't wait to have like two more beers tonight and yeah. see where it goes. <laughs> I'm gonna write out a whole menu. Yeah. <laughs> we already planned it out. And then we got to do this, and this is what the front of the house needs to look like. And then our record library place. Will be oh my gosh! To now it. we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> what we what we what did we come partners on? Oh, our record library. That's yeah. what we came out before we go on uh, air today. We we uh, we both established a business together. Yeah. We're gonna go into business <laughs> as a record free little free record library. Yeah. Because we have so much time on our hands. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need <laughs> to go around pitching, making like boxes for people to store their records in, so yeah. people can take them. It'd be fun, but I yeah I, I uh, you you're a big actually that's one of the things so this is your record in particular today. Usually I've been picking out the records, and yeah. I've been taking them out of mine. But I was like you know what I want to I knew you were a vinyl collector, and so I was like I want you to bring yours and you brought some Marley yes which is great I put I put in Santana's uh, Santana for uh, Chris and Nick. yeah yeah I saw that <laughs> <laughs> and so where did your like love with music come from because that's one thing that I think is really cool it's prevalent in your restaurant for sure. Because yeah. not only do you have uh, jams playing constantly, which I, I know I've heard Marley particularly. Yeah. You also have a lot of like music puns on on, on different like glassware. Yeah, I have uh, Sage Against the Machine, I have <laughs> yeah. Elvis Parsley. Um, this one's not a music one, but I have like you know Herb Your Enthusiasm. That's a good one. Yeah, and then uh, what's the other one? Minter is coming. <laughs> uh, uh Tov. Yeah, so I love food puns. <laughs> Those are great. Pretty yeah. much any puns I like, but food puns especially and music ones too. Stop Hammer Time. That's another. That's a good one. one. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and time is in T H Y M E. Oh right? yeah, definitely. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so what got you into vinyl? Um, actually, it was my uncle. It's my mom's brother. Um, he passed away when I was one, but oh, we no used way. to always go to my grandma's house, and she had. All his stuff still in his room downstairs in the basement. So I used to always go downstairs. Uh, everyone would be upstairs doing whatever. I'd always go downstairs and look through all his like drawers and everything. And he had, she still had all his vinyls. And I used to let, just look at all his vinyls. I loved like the smell of it, like just like the feel. It just was, has a good like vibe and remembrance of him. So it's almost like every time I play like a record, I like think of him and it's like me connecting with him more. And I just think it's even like my parents, I have a lot of my parents' records and stuff like that. It's just, I think, a deeper connection to be like, they were listening to this at this point in their life, and this was going on at that time, and then, or you're listening to this record that was made by, you know, we were talking about Dylan, like, you know, earlier, like Bob Dylan at this time, and this was going on in the world, this, but it still relates now to the same time. Like, it's... That's what's wild about yeah. it. It's timeless. All yeah. that stuff is timeless. It's crazy. Yeah, that's uh isn't it funny how many people get started on an old record collection? Yeah. That's how I got started. I've had uh so I used to take my uncle's records and I got my first record player, which I still have, and what I use all the time is the one that you can put five records and it like drops them. And no plays way, it. that's yeah. fun. So and it's it flips like it over for you? Uh it doesn't flip them, but you can have like 
five records stacked, and then it just drops the next one after it's done. So it's like the jukebox kind of yeah. structure. It's like an old school playlist. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I have. That was my first one. I got it when I was, I think, in eighth grade or a freshman in high school. So that was like a long time So you were ago. early into it. Yeah. No way. And it was just because of my like uncle's records. And I was like, I have these. I want to play them because his record player wasn't working and we couldn't get it to get fixed. So then I was like, at Christmas or my birthday, I was like, I want a record player. And I got that. And still the one I use, I still have it to this day. And it's the one I use all the time. I have like a travel one that looks like a little suitcase. Yeah, so. you, know, you got to have that. <laughs> yeah. I have one too in the basement. I like came one time to like someone's like get together and I was like, hey, you brought like 20 records in this record player. <laughs> like, I'm just like sitting over there by myself like changing the records. I'm like, what is all I care about? <laughs> have you ever done one of those listening parties before? Like, no. I mean like a, like a one that was organized? No. Really tough. <laughs> They're really tough because everybody brings your records and not everybody share bears. Yeah. <laughs> and so like the beauty of that medium is that you get a chance to listen to the full album. Yeah. It doesn't happen at those things. Yeah. So I hate to hate to ruin everyone's expectations yeah. about going to them. Yeah. But they're just not great. Yeah. They're great for social capacity. No, like I won't go to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't Personally say. decline. I wouldn't say outlaw them all. But I would say definitely, def it's worth the social component. Mm -hmm. If you're going there to listen to new music, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, but yeah, that, that's uh, I got into it. Um, my my parents had like two um, milk crates of records, mm -hmm. and so going through them and seeing those iconic covers like the Abbey yeah. Road, you yeah. know, it's like kind of like really kind of brings that out of you. And I um, I would probably say like I have never went to college for music, and so as I don't know how to play an instrument, it started like three chords on a yeah. guitar. <laughs> um, but I would say I probably have a PhD in music history. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. So I was like, you're definitely way more knowledgeable than me. I just like listening to it. I just put it on and how it makes me feel is just enough, kind of. That is enough, though. And like, that is enough. I like to know more, but obviously time's limited. But uh, I just, even just listening to it, I'll come home from work yep. and be like working long hours and I just put a record on and it calms me relaxes me. It's meditative. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Have so, you ever done the big band meditative uh, record? No. That's a, that's a good one. Go to like go to like the vault downstairs in like yeah. the courthouse. Go in there and go. I think they're even in the discount section. They have like these swing records and big band records. You'd be amazed at how much that like makes sense in that that scenario. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't add up. You'll never yeah. listen to it outside of that. I promise you. Like, like uh, jazz albums are the same way. Yeah. You throw them on and you just don't even realize that you just went through two of them. And like when you're yeah. when you're cooking and that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. it really sets a tone. And I don't know if it's because of the inconsistency of the beats or whatever. But it's fantastic. Same thing with like when I studied. I had to study the jazz albums. I couldn't yeah. study anything else because anything with words just threw me off. You know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I needed instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same as you though. I don't play any instruments. I like tried to play the piano, took piano lessons, and I was just like, I just, nope, can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, we were in a band in, uh, when I was in my early 20s, in early, late, late what teens, was the name early 20s. Joe Mama. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I, I was lead singer, and only because no one else wanted to do it, and I was just enough a big of an asshole to like say, you know what, I'll, I guess I can make myself do that yeah. and not be worried about, you know, looking like a total moron because I've never sang before or anything, so it's kind of like this actually. Yeah, I would say this is a pretty good parallel. Is these podcasts? I've never done this before either, and it's kind of just throwing myself to the wolves. Um, and we had a good. I, I would say there was one one gig in particular that was really fun. And it was a Purdue, and it was a house party, um, and uh, it was packed to the gills. Yeah. And we got shut down because it was too loud, and the cops showed up. 
So like Animal House type? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And it, it, I was dating a girl at the time, and then she was, I think she ended up throwing up that night. It was just an intense, it was, it was an intense night. Um, but it just felt like the universe was one for a yeah. little bit. And I felt what it felt like to be in front of a stage when people cared about what you had to say. Yeah. And so that was really cool. The rest of them were not nearly as fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, you were connecting parties. all those people all in one moment having the same feel. Yeah. And had, like... The, yeah. the, the time, the, I could tell you the, the energy song, was like oh, the energy, like, it was like moshing in front of me. People were singing <laughs> louder than I was singing. So it's like I could hear the crowd on top yeah. of me, which is great for me because I can't sing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember the song in particular that really kind of blew me away was um, Self-Esteem by Offspring. You know, because yeah. we were covers, you know, yeah. it's like we didn't, we, no one, none of us had like, you yeah. know, confidence <laughs> in original songs, you know. And so we're putting, like, I remember as soon as I started singing that part, it was like the crowd was so loud that I just stopped singing it and they set the tone for the band. Yeah. So it was really right, cool. cool. It was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, yeah, hell yeah. But that was a, that, that, so that was like one of my early times. I would say if it wasn't for, and I know I've, I know I'm like a total homer about it, but I'm actually probably one of the more realist ones. If it wasn't for seeing Pearl Jam when I was 16, I probably wouldn't be into music as much as I am because it was just yeah. such an overwhelming experience. Was Pearl Jam your first concert? Ever, yeah. yeah. Yours yeah. is a lot better than mine. What was yours? In <laughs> uh, sync. <laughs> <laughs> but that was probably equally great in a different way, right? You probably uh, yeah, screamed I mean, the entire yeah. time. Uh, I wasn't like... My little sister definitely screamed. She <laughs> loves Justin Timberlake and still does. <laughs> yeah, well, it could have been Backstreet Boys. At least yeah. it was in sync. <laughs> My dad won free tickets, and you know, so we like had to go. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm stoked to go see Foo Fighters at Wrigley this year. That's have you ever my... seen them at Wrigley? No, I've seen them one time there. I, so I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan. Self admittedly, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like. So when I, I said Foo Fighters earlier, you're probably like, great, glad she didn't bring that one. Well, you know what it is? It's what you were talking about. It's the difference between being like the, the music historian as opposed to like just being the guy who just enjoys music. Yeah. Like I fight that battle all the time. It's a conflict in my head because there's certain things that I'm just like, you know what? I just, I'm over it. And from like the historical side of like, because I, I love Foo Fighters. Like I love their self-titled album. I love yeah. the color and the shape. And then I even love Nothing Left to Lose. And I, I could even say I was probably still on board for One by One. Like, so those four albums in a row, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. But it just, then from a distance, it just seemed like they've been playing the same damn song for 20 years. Yeah. But it's the same chord structures and everything. It's like, okay, that's cool. I yeah. get it. Um, and I really appreciate it. Um, but that's where it's like, it's not really about that, though. It's really yeah. about the music and it's about the way it makes people stay into it. Yeah. And so you can make that, when Martin was on this uh, podcast, he kind of showed me a way to think about it because um, I could say the same thing about ACDC and call them out. Yeah. You know, and they're still like, they're still a cool band. So it's like yeah. one of those things that's just like, you can't really call them out for just sounding yeah, I mean, similar. Yeah, Dave Grohl's like a badass. Like, super badass. Super <laughs> yeah, badass. Like, how could you, like, he's just awesome. I love his, um, so I've, I've seen them five times. And so, like, I really appreciate them. So, like, the. You've seen Foo Fighters five times? Five times, oh. yeah. So yeah, I've seen I haven't them. seen them yet. So, oh, like, really? Super You're going to love yeah. it. You're going to love it. For sure. The first time I saw him was in 98 at like a Q101 Jamboree or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, you should see the lineup of that. It was like insane. It was like Oasis and Foo Fighters and Run DMC. Yeah, it was like an awesome lineup. But now you're like, that would never happen again. Never happened. Like <laughs> yeah. Oasis getting back together is like yeah. an impossibility, which I would love to see them again because I've seen them another time. But yeah, the Foo Fighters, you'll love that. That'll be a, that'll be a great one. Yeah. We were, we were, we were GA and, um, when we were doing the GA stuff at Wrigley, it was just such a cool environment. And have you ever been to a concert there before? Mm. 
I've been to two Zach Brown band concerts there. Nice. Yeah. I, now they were a surprising band. Yeah. Because I'm not. I don't like country at all. And I yeah. saw them in, uh, in a place called. Uh, it was called the Luna Fest. It was the last year of the festival. Friday was um, Pearl Jam. Saturday was Foo Fighters, and Sunday was Zach Brown. That's... It was like the craziest thing <laughs> yeah. ever. They, you know, that was the best part about that that show is that they totally overdid it with the lineup. So they must have paid a crazy amount of money, yeah. and no one showed up. So it was like 10,000 people there for the entire weekend. Florence and Machine was there, Band of Horses. It was like these amazing bands that, and, like, and no one came. And so they That's shut down insane. the festival the year after. <laughs> but <laughs> going back to that, Zach Brown did um, a Rage Against the Scenes Killing in the Name of, which was really cool. They didn't do yeah. that. You know, that's your country band do that song in particular. Yeah. And then they did All Apologies, Nirvana. And that was like two of those were really cool. Yeah, I saw, I mean, I feel like, Zach Brown band is like kind of the same as like Dave Matthews band like they have like a cult following like once you see Zach Brown you're like next time you you have to see him again like all the people like friends that I know that we went with they've already seen them once before I've seen them once before my other friend that we went with she's seen them three times before it's like so everyone's like yeah, yeah like it's I mean I'm not a huge Dave Matthews band fan at all I'll admit it. Okay. And a lot of people will be like, what? My, my, my old roommate, Lindsay, would kill you right now. <laughs> yeah. You guys my, need to well, I, I blame my older sister because every time we would ride to school together in high school, I was a freshman, she was a senior. She either played Dave Matthews Band, Mariah Carey, or Whitney Houston. And that's always the threesome. Yeah. <laughs> Which one doesn't exist? Which one shouldn't exist in that? That's so funny. Um. So, yeah, Dave Matthews Band was like, kind of like, uh, okay. Like, you know, it's okay. But I feel like that's how... You know, people follow Dave Matthews Band. People that go to those concerts have been to like ten, like oh, yeah. fifteen of them. <laughs> like it's insane. I mean, they've been around for a long time. But. Yeah. Well, I can't speak. I saw Pearl Jam thirty times now. What? I know. I know. It doesn't <laughs> even make sense. And, and over twenty years though, so I get, you got to give me yeah. that. So okay. it's like a little more than one a year. Yeah. That's and doable. My roommate, my old roommate Lindsay, has seen Dave Matthews, so he started going to concerts after me. So I'm thinking like two thousand five, six area started seeing Dave Matthews. He's probably seen him sixty times. Nuts. <laughs> He's one of those guys. Yeah. He just got back from like uh, Minnesota seeing him. So yeah. he loves him. He loves him. And I've seen him a couple times. He's, he's definitely talented. He's definitely a great musician. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just, just not I'm my, I don't, I don't get, get into it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't completely understand the music, but, but some people do. Clearly, a lot of people do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there anybody like hypothetically you'd love to see outside of Foo Fighters and Zach Brown? Um, Jack White. I was uh, supposed to go see him. I had tickets for him at Chicago Theater. Um, but I broke my ankle like two months before that, and I was supposedly supposed to go to Lala too, uh, a month after the Jack White concert. But I couldn't go to either of them because I was yeah I broke my ankle and I like had some complicate I had to have surgery and I had complications after it, so I had to like keep my foot above my heart for like <laughs> a month and a half. I couldn't come like, on move. yeah. And Jeez. I was like, come on, Mom, Dad, I can go to, like, Jack White. There's a, I can put my foot up on the... They're like, no, you're not going to be... You, it's an old theater. Like, there's no elevators. There's nothing. You're going to have to go up a bunch of stairs. And I was like, come on. I, like, legit was like, please. I was, like, begging them. Ugh. And I couldn't go to Lala either. And I've been to Lala two years now, and that was going to be my second year. And then the year after I went. So I've been... I know you go to Lala. Yeah, I, I've been to the last nine. Yeah. Outside of you one. You just acted like you've been to like mm, two I've been to. <laughs> I'm like, trying to I've think. been to the last nine. <laughs> I'm trying to think of when. So I started going in 07, and I think last year was the first year I didn't go. Okay. No, I did go. Did I? Who was the, oh. yeah, I did go. 
I did go. So I could, I, but we were going for the whole weekend for years. Yeah, at the all the times I was supposed to go the whole weekend that last time when I broke my ankle, and I went the whole weekend the year before. The last and that's time. a fun thing to do. Like yeah. if anybody's never done it, I consider yeah. it's like it's a bucket list thing. It's a marathon for three days. People yeah. don't especially really... as you get older. It's oh yeah, a oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> for when sure. I first went, I was like, okay, I got this, and then like the next year, I'm like, I don't know. Let's <laughs> just go. By Sunday, I couldn't even stand <laughs> well, anymore. Sunday four night, days, I so... couldn't do four days. Yeah. I, I'm at the peak of my my athletic ability. Yeah. I couldn't do four days. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just no way. And it's like you go in, I think it's like, a, so you start off Friday, you're really excited, you're just sensory overload because yeah. there's just so much. Yeah. Don't go too hard on Friday. That's your That's advice. That's the rookie like, move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't, Don't go, go too, too hard because it's easy to do. Yeah. Because you start so drinking easy. right when you get there yeah. and then by 11 you're you like. try to, to sneak stuff in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My wife figured out the sneaking in booze thing there. Oh, yeah? To the T. What did she do? It was the fake tampons. Mm. so she would do that and then at one point it didn't even become that it was just, you can just bring in bottles so we were bringing in bottles of vodka and stuff and it just turned into there's not where you should yeah. be that's so we've been there that's where it's it's, it's a it's but a life I'm, lesson we're giving yeah. people right now that's what i my i have an intern at the restaurant and he's like i think i'm gonna go to Lollapalooza. And I, I think maybe four days i'm like you know you can i wouldn't suggest four days i was four like is three tough. is definitely enough i was like and just he's like what He's asking me for advice. I'm like, just, you know, enjoy it. Take it slow. <laughs> Take, like, enjoy it. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to have a party day, make it the Saturday. Yeah. Because exactly. Sunday is a chill day no matter what you do. Yeah. But Friday can really hurt your Saturday. And Definitely. so what happens is you start partying hard Friday. Yeah. You wake up. You pretty much, now because you're hungover, you kind of bite the dog, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that the, the, uh, is hair that of the, the dog? Hair of the dog. And then you, so then you're pounding again on Saturday and then your Sunday is just miserable. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like you really got to kind of take it easy. Or I would probably say don't drink until after 10 o'clock on a Friday. That'd be my guess. When the headliner goes on on Friday, that's when you should start drinking. Yeah. Because you only that's got like move. 45 minutes then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think at the best it was like an hour 15 or something. Yeah. The other advice I would give anybody who's going is to not be too ambitious with seeing everybody. Oh, yeah. Go you just with, have to accept it that you're not going you're not to see. Gonna, and just yeah. see full sets. Just see four, see four bands yeah. a day. See the entire set. Don't they try to make... They strategically place the bands the farthest apart from, like, the, they know who will want these certain bands. They're like, yeah, we're going to put them there and there so you can't see them at all. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. You can't see half of any of their sets. It's yeah. either one or the other. And that lineup comes out and you're like, oh, I want to see them. I want to see them. And for yeah. some reason, every year it never fails. They're playing at the same time on completely different ends of the, yeah. of the festival. It's like, damn it, these guys. Yeah. God you're forbid. Like, and you look at the map, you're like, Oh, we can definitely go. Like we can, it, it's close. It's not, it's not far. And then you like get there and you're like, oh, I don't think we're gonna be able to make it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're walking fast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is, it is a great experience. Who is uh, who is one of your favorite uh, bands that you've seen there? Um, Florence and the Machine for sure. Which was, one? Which one did you see? Um, it was on a Sunday, and that's when it was storming, and there was like heat lightning, and it was just like. So was it the day one or was it the night one? Night one. Okay, so it was the one that got canceled. No, she played. Well, I mean, it got shortened. Shortened. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cause because she was she like twenty five, like, thirty minutes. But she played a lot of songs. She was pounding through it. Yeah, her and defense. she was running around like, I've seen her. I saw her after that, like I think two years. I saw her two years ago, and that was at. Well, I don't even actually know what the name is. The Tweeter Center. That's how I remember. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, the, the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Is that I think what it's called. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but. And I actually felt old because I got seats actually and didn't do like lawn like you know, everyone does. But uh, 
she was amazing. I would go see her like anytime I can. Yeah. Like she is one that you're like, who if you could see I would pick her again. Like even though I've seen her twice already. She's oh, yeah. electrifying, like on stage. Like she came off the stage and was running like through the crowd, like through the seats, like standing up in the middle. Like I have goosebumps talking about it because yeah. it was just She doesn't stop. So, she's amazing. And like the way she makes you feel and like togetherness and powerful and like the energy it's you can't even explain it unless you go there or have experienced one of her concerts you're just yeah. like yeah there was a there was like two years before that she was playing the other end of the festival and it was during the day yeah i'll tell you if there's any kind of advice i would give anybody for whatever reason on sundays the the person who's before the headliner on that north stage always slays it i don't know what it is but it's like i've had more great experiences on that on that on that time slot on that stage than any Is probably it like any the other Bud place. Light stage, the one that's yeah, the one that's closest <laughs> to the north side of the, the the festival. But I've seen like um, Arctic Monkeys there on yeah. that. I've seen Vampire Weekend there. I've seen Florence and the Machine there. Kings of Leon. It's like been amazing. C- Cage the Elephant. Yeah, like all these just amazing yeah. bands. And it's like that for some reason that time slot that fest that part of the festival in particular is just incredible. Um, but she was in there, and it was like the first time I ever saw her. And I was at the end of my English program at the time. I remember going back to my professor and being like, it's like seeing Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, on stage. Because she dresses like yeah. really old school, too. She's got the big dresses. Mm-hmm. But she just like gets dirty and gets after it. And she was really great with the audience. The only thing that ruined it kind of for me was that same festival, Deluna Fest. A month later, I saw her. So it's like now we're talking completely different yeah. ends of the spectrum from the States. She said all the same stuff between songs on both really? concerts. Oh, so it's like, damn. So yeah. it's one of those bands you can only see once. You can't see them multiple times in the tour. Yeah. But that's great. In still, the tour, too. yeah. In the right. tour, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, that was still great, though. But like, I was like blown away the first time. Yeah. So she, I'm with you. And it really, it, you know what it did for me? You listen to the albums and it's one thing, but for some reason after seeing her live, the albums came alive. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's what, that's what I told you before we started. I was like, it was between, I mean, I had like five that I wanted to like bring for the albums, but then it came between Florence and Bob Marley for who I wanted to bring because Florence, she's such a strong female oh, presence yeah. and energy and everything, and she's awesome. So I was like really debating, but I picked Bob because he's just awesome. Uh, legend. Yeah. Literally one of the best albums yeah. ever is called Legend. It's and great. then I went in my car to like go to work, and Bob Marley was on my car as soon See, as I turned the sign. car on. I was like, Ugh. You know. That's a sign. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way anytime Pearl Jam's on. I'm like, yep, so this is going to be a good day. Yeah. I can't tell you. I can't explain why, but yeah. it will be. The um, so is that so Florence is pretty much your favorite that you've seen there. Um, I'm trying to remember the other people. It's been like a while since I've been there. Yeah. Um, but Florence is like the one that definitely sticks out a lot for me. Um, who else did we see? Mumford and Sons was good. I liked them a lot. That one just always sticks out to me, the Florence. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'll say, um, um, I saw McCartney on a Sunday night. That was insane. Yeah, that I wanted insane. to go to that one. Ugh. I wanted to see Eminem, too, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I missed him. I missed yeah. him. I, I forget he was playing against, but I ended up going the opposite route. My biggest regret, it's probably better to say my biggest regret of Lollapalooza going, is there was a year where Soundgarden was coming back, and they were playing against Arcade Fire, the suburbs Arcade Fire. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll have a chance to see Arcade Fire yeah. again. Like, I will maybe not have a chance to see Soundgarden. Because I think it was maybe their first show back yeah. together. And I just, it was just okay. 
Yeah. You know, I never really connected to Soundgarden's music in particular, but I was just like, I was like kind of one of those legacy bands that you got to see. And I remember it was one of those moments you'll never forget. I was walking out and there was these kids. They were both two of them. They were like 19 and they yeah. just had a day. You can tell they're sweating. Yeah. They're, they're half clothed. You yeah. know, they're just yeah. having a day. And this kid, I look at him, I'm like, oh, did you did you see uh, Arcade Fire? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, how was it? He's like, the greatest concert of my entire life. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and he's like, he's only 19, though, so he like probably hasn't seen that much. True, so. true. But this is, <laughs> this is where it gets even worse. He's like, so who'd you see? And I'm like, Soundgarden. He's like, how old are you? <laughs> that was, <laughs> it's like, great. Yeah. So it's not only did I make the mistake, and I saw Arcade Fire this last Lala. Yeah. And it just wasn't like they their last two albums after that just haven't mm-hmm. been as good as the suburbs. They're like that what they their body of work before, you know, yeah. the suburbs too. And so it's like I think I missed I missed an iconic yeah. concert. It sucks. That one blows. So I just thought of two other ones. Uh Ellie Golding was like awesome. That was a good one. Yeah, and Alt J. I like Alt J was yeah. great too, yeah. Which I know they've been there a couple of times too, I think Alt J. Um, but I really liked them a lot. I wonder why that 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 festival in particular doesn't put out like a highlights because they show those like video clips mm-hmm. on you know between shows. Yeah, they're always on mute, so you don't even hear them. Yeah, I'd be I would love to see an old DVD of just like the, some of the greatest like song performances would be really cool because I'm sure some people have really pushed the boundaries. Yeah, you know. I know Imagine Dragons I was kind of disappointed with because that's... The so, sound went out. The sound went out, yeah. yeah. So you we were, were at like, that one. So, yeah. I was at that one yeah. for sure. We were like super hyped about it and then we were like, you can't, what? Can't hear, like what's going yeah, what on? Yeah, ha- what's happening? And we're like, no. <laughs> I was so hyped about Imagine Dragons. And that place was so packed. Yeah. That was the craziest... Because I was far back because that's why then we couldn't hear anything yeah. because it was, we're like, oh, we can get there, you know trying to go from one stage to the other and then got there later than we thought like and but uh that was one of the weekends that we stuck the uh bottle of vodka yeah. that was it and you know what you so we're, ta- we're talking about the bud light stage or the north stage yeah. as being like the iconic one that stage has always screwed up every band that's ever been on it yeah it sucks yeah every single band and i can tell you like a list of bands that i've been so excited to see on that stage mm-hmm. and they've blown it every time sucks the imagine dragons is on that one yeah, definitely. Have you had uh, the lobster corn dog though? I have. Lot? Amazing. That's the <laughs> so that's one of the most underrated parts of that festival. Is the, the food. food. Yeah, the food, the food is food crazy. Scene is like awesome. Yeah, first time I had Kumas was there. Yeah. So that was awesome, and then the um, the the lobster crab rolls or the lobster roll was awesome. The um, I always go with uh, they they have these um, they they're really good with the tacos too there, mm-hmm. and the burrito side of things. Yeah. So I usually go that route as well because it's like they're so ornate of food. It's like yeah. a wide selection. Thankfully, it wasn't dairy free when I went the first time. So I got that lobster corn dog, and I was like, the next time I went, I was dairy free though, and I was like, I can't eat it. And I was like, maybe I'll just eat it. And I was yeah, like, yeah. De- like debating back and forth, like maybe I'll just like eat it, you know, because it'll be worth it. And I'm like, no, it won't be worth it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it was like it was over. really a hard debate for me. I'm like, is it like no, maybe no, I don't know. <laughs> I know this is a really roundabout way, but you just kind of brought it back full circle. I know. How do you know? How do you know when you have some kind of food allergy? I, I mean, that sounds, because I, I, I never even been um, tested or anything. I have no idea. I never was tested, but I just always kind of had like a inkling that I was sensitive to dairy. Um, and I just kind of was like, hey, I'm going to cut it out of my diet, cold turkey, see how I feel. I took it out of my diet. And even like within a week, like less than a week, like 
well, I'd say a week. I, like, already felt a difference in my body, like, even after I ate. Like, you just have to be really in tune and listen to your body, like, mm-hmm. how it reacts to, like, when you eat something. I mean, I would eat something, like, dairy-free for after a week, and I'm like, wait, I don't have, like, this feeling anymore. Like, so it's not normal to feel, like, bloated or, like, feel like I'm stuffed for, like, four hours after eating mm-hmm. and not feel well. And then, like, I would eat something... I wouldn't have dairy in it after that time. And I'm like, okay, like I would get like full and then like it would go away in like a half an hour. And I'm like, wait, so that's, that's how it's supposed to be. Like I never knew because I always felt like that after I ate because I mean, I love cheese. Who doesn't love cheese? Yeah. I think I have it on everything I eat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'd have cheese or butter, like anything. So when I took it out of my diet, I was like, I feel like awesome. I just feel better, lighter. I wouldn't like, the fullness like would go away like way quicker now if I eat dairy like after probably like two weeks of that if I accidentally ate dairy that had something in it because there's a dairy and a lot of stuff like milk powder and stuff like I can't even eat like stuff like I can't have uh what is it milk stouts I can't even drink beers no way yeah when you're like talking I'm like I can't have milk stouts because it makes me sick like my stomach, I get cramps in my stomach and stuff like that. So, so okay, so I don't know how to. Because it's lactose, so I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm trying to think of how to even ask these questions because now I'm just curious. So, yeah. like, um, I have a, how do I say this? I shit a lot when it comes to the <laughs> like certain. I don't even, but I don't even know what the foods are. Like, I can eat a, I can eat a meal, and within 15 minutes, I'm shitting. Is that like what does that mean? Does that, does that mean uh, anything? I would definitely say you have a sensitivity to something that you're eating because that is um, a common reaction to, like, a food sensitivity or allergy really? or something. Yeah. So it could be something Because it's your mean. body doesn't want it. It's not – it's kind of like your body doesn't want it in you, so it's getting rid of it. Wow, because so, my wife, like, makes fun of me about it. Like, I literally yeah. – it's like – it's like it's, I'm, like, almost – My family used to make fun of me, too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> So what could that be? Is that like, so I don't even know what GMO stands for or what that means, but I hear that's something that people are aware of. GMO is genetic, uh, genetically modified, uh, like it's a genetically modified food. So like it's not in its natural state. So there's, you know, um, heirloom is like the most like natural state of uh, vegetable or fruit or whatever, because that's heirloom means it comes from like a long time ago and it's never changed, never been modified. So it's just... They do modify some, like, produce and stuff, or uh, so it would can withstand, like, certain climates and conditions and things like that so it can thrive and still grow. Um, so there, it's a really hard subject because a lot of people don't want to eat food that's not natural and not, like, how it okay. was intended to be. So they think that, you know, your body doesn't know, like, how to deal with it or digest it or, hmm. you know. So what, is, so what does gluten then mean? Like, what is that? Like, what kind of... I honestly well, have no idea. Well, gluten's in, um, like, breads and things. Like, when you make bread, you knead it. And when you knead it, you develop the gluten. So the gluten... So is it in beer, too, I'm guessing, then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, Ashley can't drink beer because she's gluten-free. But they have gluten-free beer. So, but it's, you know, in bread and stuff, you, by kneading and everything, you develop the gluten to have it bake and rise and be you know, fluffy and have the air bubbles and stuff like that's kind of like the fermentation of it. But so gluten-free is mean they take that out of like the flour and stuff like that. It's like eliminated. So when 
people are sensitive to it, people that have celiac and other people that, you know, it's, they get the same reactions and things like Some people, it's even, like, worse. It's really severe. So Really? Yeah. It's just things that your body can't process. So, I mean, if I eat something that I know is not agreeing with me, I mean, I'll know instantly, and I'll take, um, it's called uh, digestive enzymes. So it's just enzymes that, it's a pill form. I take the pill, and it uh, helps digest the things that my body's not used to because it's not used to breaking it down. So it helps it break it down so it can go through your system like easier. It's really complicated, but um, when you know and you can take care of it and like eliminate it, it's not worth it. Like I love cheese. I wish I could eat a huge soft pretzel with butter <laughs> brushed on it and sure. dip it in some cheese sauce. <laughs> like yeah. that's yeah. like my, like if I could do eat anything right now i would eat that that's like the one of the things that's I the one the most. thing yeah <laughs> that's hilarious i love grilled cheeses i love soft pretzels most soft pretzels like they don't have dairy in them but like homemade ones like you know when you go to like a brew pub or something sure, they're like, oh they're sure. like brushed with butter and where stuff were like we that. at where there was a giant founders had one so really? when i was there two weekends ago i was they're like yeah you can't have it i'm like no <laughs> I, like, I like went home and i like texted my friend i was like I just made myself a soft pretzel because I couldn't have that founder's <laughs> oh, one. It no. definitely does not is not the same as like the beer muster that you had and the cheese, but it uh. kind of did it. <laughs> but that's definitely one of the things if I could eat, you know, dairy again, I would eat that. Like, without having it. an effect on me, I would eat that. So, so how aware are you? Because I know when, like I said, we were talking about your clientele that's coming in, they ask a lot of questions. Yeah. So how much of that are you aware of when you're making your meals? I mean, is that pretty much all of it? I mean, you're... I am constantly aware of it. I, I don't use any butter in any of my stuff because, uh, I mean, like I said, I make a lot of vegan stuff, dairy-free things. So um, I use just grapeseed oil, which is one of the best oils you can use for cooking because it has a really high uh, heat tolerance. So you can take high heat, which means, like, I roast a lot of my stuff. Um, but a lot of people don't know they want to use olive oil for everything, for, like, roasting and cooking and all that stuff. It's actually not the best oil to use because mm. um, flavor-wise, it's good for, like, finishing if you're doing, like, a caprese salad and you want, like, oil on it or, like, just, like, and salad dressings, it has really nice flavor, but um, grapeseed oil is a neutral, no flavor, takes high heat. Um, olive oil does not have like a high heat um, tolerance, so when it hits a certain heat, the oil starts breaking down. So then it releases all these negative stuff and that you'll ingest because it's breaking the oil down. No so it's not in its natural state and like the good benefits of like olive oil, it's just now it's bad because you break it down hmm. which a lot of people don't know that like they're just like no oh, idea no idea it's good for you like, so, so let me ask you this then that, i think that that's a good that's a good question to, to <laughs> i think finish on is what is a couple ways a normal human being who knows no education about food especially when it comes to the dietary side because literally i like i'm like a third grader in this stuff yeah is how can you like upgrade your kitchen to make it healthier with substituting things that are going to make it easier on your body that maybe some people aren't going to get you just mentioned olive oil and that's a big one because i know right now i could probably go in there and have a ton of it in, in our in our kitchen yeah. it's like what's some ways that we can maybe substitute healthy which doesn't feel like it's going to the far extreme yeah well i'm not saying olive oil is bad but you just shouldn't use it when you're like roasting stuff no right like right, sauteing right. stuff 
So what I'd say is like to substitute using oils instead of butter because it has obviously that's healthier. Um, and that's why I use oil because it's a vegan thing. So you can so always... same Kraft mac and cheese. It calls for four <laughs> tablespoons of butter. How do I? So do I add table? I add oil to that. Um. I think right. That's about right. Four tablespoons of that. That's my cooking uh, I was ability. Like, that's the powder cheese, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe throw the Kraft mac and cheese in the garbage. <laughs> oh man, now, that's heartbreaking. That you can't. <laughs> Josh and I have an argument all the time about Velveeta versus Kraft. I was gonna say shells and cheese. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. I can't do it. Well, I mean, shells and cheese isn't really cheese. <laughs> right. I think that's what I don't like about it. It's like I'd rather, have the, I'd rather have the powdered cheese than that cheese. I know that's weird. But, like, I can see probably it's the consistency that you like better of the shells and cheese, right? Like, it's creamier. It's, yeah, more velvety. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. More like a baked mac and cheese, but, yeah, I don't... Yeah, like I said, I know I'm putting you on the spot. I, okay, okay. <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot, so I'm just like curious of like ways that you can maybe improve it because, like, my wife is one of those people who she's got a very set understanding mm -hmm. of food, and it's yeah. from her. They're a Dutch family. It's meat and potatoes. When I was going vegan, she was just like, "Good luck," because she's not going to make me a vegan meal. Yeah, she's like, you know, she's just not going to do it for yourself. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm thinking of like ways where you can kind of just incorporate it to where we both can do it, to where it's not like you're losing too much. Yeah. You know, if that makes. Yeah, I mean, it's just it all depends on the like you as a person because everyone's different, like you said, like with what they eat, what they have in their kitchen. So like. Not everyone has uses butter. Some people already use just oil and stuff for their sautéing and stuff like that. Obviously, you can never have too many vegetables. So always try to somehow supplement more vegetables into your diet because you never have too many. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like they say, I know it sounds like things that everyone said, like less red meat, more like, you know, chicken and fish. Like things that are lighter that your body's like used to digesting more. So you're just saying be more aware. Yeah, be educate yourself more. I mean, I know there's a lot of documentaries and stuff out there, which it's good, but you can never have too much knowledge of it. And, like, if you care enough to make yourself healthier, then definitely re read cookbooks. I mean, eat, read healthier cookbooks. Because just by reading, like, the recipes and stuff, you'll see um, just differences in, like, maybe what they do. At a lot of places, like, people will steam stuff. I'm not a huge, like, person on steaming because, I don't know, it just... It's almost like boiled vegetables, which I think it takes a lot of like the new like the flavor out of it. So I like I love roasting stuff. I think roasting really. And so what's the roasting process? That's like in a pan. Yeah. So and you, that's just like say Brussels sprouts. Yeah. So um, I, I brought you some uh, quinoa salad. That's my featured. So gotcha. Quinoa we'll talk salad. about it. Let's, yeah. Because I know I you know I love the quinoa. That's yeah. usually my go-to when I'm in there. And usually a wrap. I think I've tried all the wraps. Potato salad I've tried. That's awesome. And then, what do we got here? Oh, oh, so the pasta salad pasta is roasted salad. butternut squash, caramelized onions, and spinach with balsamic vinaigrette. Oh, that's awesome. And then that's lemon chicken orzo soup. Oh, so this is it. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. What's going on? What are we doing? Picked it up sideways. Oh, I know. I don't know, what I, was, I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, is it leaking? Is it? I, no, no that's I just to show you how good oh. your containers are. Oh. <laughs> They're all compostable. Nice. So not even just eating green. You're living green, having green 
aspects of life. So that's look at this. This is this is like the picture of what I expected local two and nine to be. It's local. <laughs> it's local produce. It's local food, and then w with the local beer. That's yeah. what it's yeah, all yeah. about. And Bob Marley. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Now this is uh, so I think I've had. I th I'm not sure if I've had the lemon or I don't think you've had soup. soup before. I think, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think I had it one time, but I can't remember what it was. Because it's, it's been a while since I've had yeah. the soup. I, I'm you, always in the, the quinoa. The past few times you've gotten quinoa. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's like my that's my jam. I used to go, when I was uh, Pokemon hunting, oh, yeah. I used to go grab some uh, <laughs> uh, quinoa and uh, and like the wrap and then rolling around the uh, Crown Point yeah. uh, fairgrounds on my lunch break. So Lake Shore, <laughs> when I was gone for four hours on my lunch break, you knew now what I was doing. So. I'm actually going to Lakeshore next Friday. Really? You're going to be on the radio? Yeah. Nick's going to interview me. So bring him some food there. Chef Nick is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so. you'll really enjoy that. I think that honestly is, uh, for me, one of the things they do really well there is that hour. Yeah. I think that's an awesome Tom, thing. Tom made sure he's going to be there for it. So nice. Can eat Tommy. Food, so. <laughs> Tommy's great, man. I, that's, the, that's one of the things I miss about working there is Tom. Yeah. Tom, is, Tom is always a great guy. I, we have, I've had him on here once. I think I remember that. Yeah, and then he was actually on here twice. The first time, um, what happened there? What happened the first time? My oh, your computer. Listen to the listen to the luck of this. What? How many weeks are we in? Two weeks. Yeah. So we're two weeks into this thing, and we're getting into it, and we're just trying to figure out if it works, kind of like the Facebook Live is today. Yeah. And we get into it, and we knock it out, and we've got everything figured out. As soon as it's over, no joke, the whole his whole laptop shuts down. Un, un, you can't you can't make it out anymore it's done so we lost everything and so it was a complete waste of time and we couldn't re-record it so we came in here for no reason it was essentially <laughs> i know right you had to interview tom twice i know what like a what a pain in the ass and you, anybody knows him he's a pain in the ass and it's not easy because he will bust your ass up man yeah that's funny um but no that's great man that'll be a cool one because i that was like my favorite because what was great about it was um Chef Nick goes in there, brings in a ton of food, and uh, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be bringing food in. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like whatever is going on in that hour that you guys all just like bring in a ton, and then it was like, hey, food's here, 4 yeah. o'clock Friday. It was <laughs> yeah. like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> Crown used to come in with beers. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah, so it was cool. It was cool. No, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, there's, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of good people over there. Yeah. So I, I wish them the best. <laughs> and I'm not, I know I left, but I don't mean it like that. Yeah. I mean, I really do because I, I, like, I still, I'm in contact with some of them. Yeah. So, it's it was a stepping stone for where you are now, and you are appreciative of what it gave you and what it led you to. So. Yeah, yeah. This Just is... like anybody's like experiences in their life of where they've gotten like, you, either it be good or bad, you always have a learning situation from that, and you grow from it, and. Yeah. That's it. You got to be thankful for things that things happen for a reason and you got to see the positive and be thankful for it and everything oh, yeah. that you do. They were it was the best education of dealing with adversity and overcoming obstacles especially on a cheap budget that I, I don't think I don't think I could ever get anywhere else to be completely honest and I think it's really worked for me so far here so far. Um, I think the only thing that I would be critical from it in a public side of things is just I think that they're they're just they've got they've got so much potential and there's just so many different factors that are getting in the way of achieving that maximum ability. Yeah. And so um, it's not it's, it's, while it's while a lot of people are good there, there's a couple that are just like are holding that place back too. So it's really yeah. it's really tough, but it's a great working environment. And it's a great education. Yeah. Even though I think it probably what I was hoping to get out of it from a successful career yeah. standpoint, 
Um, but I, I was really thankful, and I'm, I, I really missed a lot of the stuff that was going on there. So yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Was that was that hard? I don't think that was hard on them, was it? No, 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 no. If you, I mean, but if the things that happened there didn't happen or did not happen, you might not be here right yeah. now. Yeah, well, that's so, what I've been telling people in, in yeah. pitch meetings a little bit, especially people who have had that experience. Yeah. It's like, this is really out of, this has been the birthright of three years of somewhat frustration in the creative direction, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it gave me a lot of time to really think about the moves I wanted to make and that we still haven't even touched on. Into, yeah. like, into, I've got two years of moves I want to make here yeah. that I, you know, that was all from that. So I'm very grateful for that. And they were like, they treated me so awesome. I mean, like, I know yeah. I was kidding with the four hour lunch breaks and stuff, but no, like yeah. they would, I mean, I had freedom there. Yeah. They, they wouldn't, they didn't, they, I was not on a clock or anything. So it was awesome. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love these interviews for that kind of stuff. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been, we've been an hour 18 now. So that's really cool. <laughs> so that's great. That means it was really fun. Um, is there any kind of final thoughts you want the audience to leave with um, from like a, a personal side or your business side of things? Um, I just, I mean, with what I said before, it's just uh, everything that I do, it comes from the heart with me. I think everything through and I want you to get uh, the best quality ingredients and food and enjoy every part of it. So uh, I just want them to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And cheers. <laughs> cheers. The one thing I'll say to look out for, if they don't know yet, they can find you across all the all the different social media platforms on Green is Good by Kate. And the other thing that's really cool is that you do, you're up to date and you actually are a person who cares about your social media and oh, you yeah. update it all the time, <laughs> which is awesome for the consumer because you, you come out with these meals every week and they sell out within 48 hours practically, right? Yeah, I'm sold out from this Tuesday. So Tuesdays after So that was 24 four, hours. Yeah, Tuesdays after four is when uh, my meals become available. It changes each week what they are. I always have a vegan option also. Um, and then I'm, they're available throughout the week until they sell out. And uh, they've been selling out pretty quickly. I try to make more. So the other week I made it three times and still sold out. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I still try to like make more if it sells out extremely quickly. But sometimes I'm not able to because just with my uh, where I get my stuff from that I can't get it like sure instantly. So if I'm out, I'm out. So this this week I'm out of my stuffed chicken meals and I still have some vegan meals left. So. Cool. And that's a really cool thing you do. And so that's awesome as a consumer. So definitely follow her across all platforms. You'll definitely not, you'll, you won't regret it. And uh, again, um, thanks for listening. Follow us on Local 219 across the board, except for Twitter. For some reason, we couldn't get Local 219 together. So there's an underscore in there, um, uh, Local underscore 219. But check us out on all that stuff. Kate, again, thank you for coming. And then uh, have a great week.